welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friend. I'm Marcy Farrell from thankfulhomemaker.com, and I'm so glad to be with you today. We are in episode 133, and it's titled Witnessing to Our Family Members. I was hoping to get this message out before Thanksgiving this year. This is, I'm recording this actually the week after Thanksgiving of 2022, but I ended up with a really bad cold and I sounded awful, so it got delayed a bit. I'm still a bit stuffy, so I apologize for that, but I really did want to try to get it out before Christmas and it looks like we're making it, so thank you, Lord, for that. Um, this particular episode is on my mind because this time of year, we seem to find ourselves a little bit more frequently spending time with family and friends that are non-believers. And I, as I was putting thoughts together, I need you to know this, that I am not an expert at evangelism. And I'm going to leave you with some helpful resources in the show notes on this one. And honestly, I laugh because I probably should have titled this one, How Not to Witness to Family Members. I have much more here to share, or I could share much more here about all my failures and missed opportunities to share the gospel with those that I really love dearly and that I desire to see in heaven with me one day. We even, very sadly, have some family members who have chosen to have no communication with us anymore because of our faith in Jesus. So my hope today is to remind myself and you of the hope in the one who truly saves as our Savior stated it so beautifully in Matthew 19, 26, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I know many of us believe sometimes that it's harder to witness to strangers and casual acquaintances, but I, when you think about this, I have found it much easier to witness to someone I just met on an airplane or at a restaurant than someone that I've known for years. First off, they know nothing about me, so I'll probably never see them again. But my family members have known me for a long time. They're familiar with all my failures. They've seen me at my worst. With my family, I have the concern that this is going to create tension in our relationship and make future visits uncomfortable. I mean, there's nothing like your relatives dreading your visit, right? So kind of where to begin. In all of this, I'm assuming that you already have a good and clear understanding of the gospel and of biblical evangelism. And if you don't, I recommend you visit Living Waters and listen to Hell's Best Kept Secret and True and False Conversion. And I'll link to these and other resources in the show notes so you don't have to remember all that. And also here, don't wait for it to be comfortable to share the gospel with them because honestly, it's never going to be. It, at least for me, I know evangelism isn't easy or comfortable and then even more so with my family members. It's hard and difficult and we need to come before the Lord with great humility and seek his wisdom. I'm probably going to say this a bunch more times in this episode, but here's the reality, the truth we need to remember. We're just called to share the good news and leave the results to God. That is successful evangelism. It's not my responsibility to convert my child or my parent or my aunt. Salvation is of the Lord. These are people we love, and we have a true concern over their eternal destiny. A conversation doesn't need to be scripted, but it can come about very easily with questions regarding their thoughts about spiritual things. And please hear me as I'm sharing this today. 
Uh, we don't, as a family, it's not like my husband and I are sharing the gospel every time we are with our family members that are not believers. I, I think sometimes we feel the need to always share the gospel with lost family every time we're with them. And there are moments to do this. But sometimes we need to just love them and spend time with them, enjoy being with them, right? Because so often in those moments, even the Lord gives us an opportunity to share his goodness and the gospel with them. And if it happens, do it. We, we need to witness with our mouths verbally, but in conjunction with that, our lives, they need to reflect what we profess we believe. They need to know that we care about them and we, we truly take an interest in their lives. This has had a huge impact, especially on those who know us best. And our job, even with them, is to simply love them and point them to Jesus. I think about this a lot. Remember that we were in their spiritually lost condition until the Lord redeemed us and turned our hearts from darkness to light. I know for me, it happened over many years of people telling me about Jesus, even when I really didn't care to hear about Jesus. But the Lord softened my heart and opened my eyes and brought me to salvation of all things through a stranger I met at an exercise facility. She was faithful to share the gospel, and my family members who were believers were faithful to share over many years and to pray for me. I am so grateful the Lord worked in all those ways in my life. I'm so grateful they were there and they were faithful. So when you do get an opportunity to share the gospel, don't water it down or don't fail to communicate clearly that they are sinners against a holy God. You need to discuss hard truths, even with your relatives, right? Like sin and wrath and judgment and hell. They must understand what repentance is and what it means to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The most important truth to remember is God does the saving. We're just called to be faithful and share the good news of the gospel. And to do this faithfully, we must love others more than we love ourselves. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. It's Mark 12, 31. Love God, love your neighbor. So another area I want to talk about is how important prayer is. How much time have you spent in prayer for your lost relatives? Ponder that a moment. This is an area of deep conviction for me as I realize sometimes I don't pray regularly enough for the salvation of my family. I Because this convicted me a while back, I really have a section set aside in my prayer journal and I use an app called the Prayer Mate app and I have a section to pray for lost family and friends and I do so at regular times during the week. I named this list in my prayer app, my impossible list, because with man, it's not possible, but only with God. So when I'm praying, I think about that. I'm praying over my impossible list. When I pray for them, this has been huge. It reminds me to be thankful for the gift of family and for the Lord to increase my love for them. I pray that he would put other believers in their lives that would be faithful to share the gospel. So often they can have more open hearts than ears when others speak the truth to them. And this is a reminder to you that your neighbor who doesn't know the Lord is probably being prayed for by a faithful, believing friend or family member. So open your mouth and tell them about Jesus. As I'm praying even for my lost family and friends, the Lord reminds me of ways to reach out to them and show them intangible ways of my love for them. We live a distance from most of our family. Um, so this usually is in phone calls or cards or gifts sent. And when we pray before our visits, before we visit them, 
I find that we're much more mindful. It's just the Lord has softened our hearts towards it to turning the conversation to spiritual things. And God is always faithful to open evangelistic opportunities. Um, I just, I want to share too. I remember a while back about just dealing with some of our older relatives, but there was a video teaching by way of the master where Ray Comfort, he shared some really helpful thoughts on sharing the gospel with grandma. And I don't even know what video it was. It was just something I watched years ago that had an impact on me because it, it might be a little bit uncomfortable to ask grandma if she ever lusted or lied over the Thanksgiving dinner, right? So I've used this approach of telling grandma or other relatives my testimony of how kind of turned it back to me, how I'm not a good person and how I've lied and lusted and broken all of God's commandments, that I'm God's enemy. And if he were to judge me against the 10 commandments, I would spend eternity in hell. And I share the good news of the gospel then and how God saved me by his grace when I repented and put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. So that's just a quick synopsis of what the conversation might look like. But as hard as it may be, you still cannot compromise the gospel, even when dealing with older relatives. The reality of eternity should help us to evangelize boldly and with much love to our older family members too. Um, we also have some family members who I shared a little earlier who desire to have no communication with us because we're Christians. We have tried, as the Bible says, to live peaceably at all to the best of our ability. I'm thinking there Romans 12, 18. It's always a helpful reminder to me to remember that Jesus was rejected by his own family. That's from John 7, 5 and Mark 3, 21 and Matthew 13, 57. But this doesn't stop me from praying for them and hoping that the Lord will give us reconciliation. I continue to pray that the Lord would bring bold, love-filled Christians into their lives and that they would have open hearts for hearing the truth. Fear of losing the relationship should not stop you from sharing the gospel. You don't want to have that to happen. I get that. Nobody desires that. But if I'm if I'm scared to share the gospel with them, that's not loving my family member more than myself. The Bible would call that fear of man, and it's a sin. Thinking there, Galatians 1.10, my top concern for them should be the salvation of their souls and their relationship with the Lord, not their relationship with me. And this doesn't mean that I'm to be rude or arrogant. It doesn't mean I shove the gospel down their throat continually whenever I'm with them or share with them when they've not asked me to. And I have a thought on this in a minute. I want to come back to this. We, we need to be respectful of their requests and we need to speak with much grace and love and truth and faithfully share the gospel when that door is opened for me to share the truth with them. I know at least for me personally as a new believer, um, I wanted everyone to know about Jesus, right? I still do. And this is a good thing. But as a young believer, I didn't always go about it in the right way. I was a bit overly zealous at times. So there's a right way to share the gospel and being rude and pushy, isn't it? The gospel is offensive on its own, but I don't need to be offensive in sharing it. But the thought I wanted to share is when someone has asked us not to share with them anymore, there's still other ways to get into spiritual discussions when we're just talking about things like maybe it's a struggle in marriage or with their kids or whatever it might be with them that we're sharing or things like when the topic of forgiveness comes up, how we can easily share how much we've been forgiven by Jesus. So now we're able to forgive others. Because if you're a Christian, Jesus is everything to you, and it's going to be hard not to bring him into the conversation 
or the relationship with them. Okay, so what about witnessing to, and I'm going to put it in a quote here, to quote Christian family, right? We all have those family and friends out there who attend religious services. They've been maybe baptized and confirmed, taken communion, and they base their salvation on their good works and in these religious acts instead of on the righteousness of Christ and in him alone for their salvation. Maybe they go to those churches that really shouldn't even be called a church because it's not truly a Bible-believing church. Um, But they've never been born again. They don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they believe they're going to heaven based on their own righteousness. I think here Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. I get this, though. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast." So there's probably a lot of things you agree on if they're religious, like God's love, forgiveness, his grace, certain Bible verses, common terms we use, things like repentance and sin and faith. But you need to be clear about the true gospel when you're sharing with unbelievers who think they have the truth. And we have to be reminded, I know that God only knows their heart, and I also need to be reminded that only God can open their eyes to the truth of the gospel. But we are called to be faithful and to share the good news, thinking they're Romans 10, 17. Share things like about the exclusiveness of the gospel. Talk about why Jesus is the only way to heaven and share the gospel as you talk about your testimony. It's really a good exercise to write out your testimony and make sure the gospel is laid out in it so you can share how you came into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ and present the gospel at the same time. Because a lot of times we can think sharing our testimony or just talking about Jesus is sharing the gospel, but there's aspects that we need to go through that is truly sharing the gospel. Like they need to understand they're a sinner against a holy God. There are just things they need to grasp so that is very important and i'm going to give you some good resources in the show notes too so you can feel a little more equipped if you're feeling unequipped to do that i i want to leave you with some closing thoughts when witnessing to those closest to us like our mom dad brothers aunts uncles grandma grandpas maybe our spouses and children because we hope to see them come into a saving relationship with jesus and the sovereignty of god and salvation is so freeing As we know, there is nothing we can do to save anyone. God just calls us to be faithful in telling others what they must do to be saved. Do not be afraid to let them see your weaknesses and your struggles. And it's such an opportunity to share with them your great need for God's grace in their life. Don't be afraid of questions that you can't answer. Just say, I don't know. I can get back to you on that one. Don't be afraid to say that you don't first of all, none of us has all the answers, but don't be afraid to share that with them. If they live near you, invite them to church with you or to come along to a Bible study. It's so good for others to see our love for one another within the body of Christ. Take an interest in them and the things they like. Spend time with them. Get to know them. Learn to communicate and really learn to listen to them. Cultivate the relationship. They need to know they're loved, and truly that you care about them and what is going on in their lives. Ask questions, get to know what their concerns and struggles are, and let them know you're praying for them. So often, the Lord opens gospel opportunities as we love one another and show concern about their life. If they have something they're struggling with or a hard life situation, take the time to offer to pray for them on the spot, because very rarely would somebody turn down prayer. And we need patience here, my friend. We need patience because it's God works on his timetable 
and not on ours. I know how hard this can be because we so love these special people in our lives. Our family are so dear to us and we so want them to know and love Jesus. Your family members are not a project in your life, but they are a relationship to be cultivated and someone to be loved on and cherished. Many times it can be hard for them to maybe hear the gospel from someone close to them. And it can be easier for them to hear it from a stranger. Don't be offended by that. That's okay, right? We water and plant and God gives the growth. So I don't really care who's watering and planting. I want it to be me. And if others are and the fruit comes out of that, I'm so grateful to God for that. It can take a long time for the message to take root in their lives. And we don't and I and sometimes and sometimes we do feel a sense of urgency with those we love. So patience is key. I don't know God's plan for their life. I don't know when or if He's bringing them into a saving faith. I can always hold to the hope that He is, but it can take decades. And I wanted it to happen yesterday. So patience is important. And I know with family we can find ourselves the least patient. My husband's parents prayed for my husband and I for over 15 years before we came to faith in Christ. So be patient. And if you find yourself continually shoving the gospel down their throat every time you're with them, it's probably not going to be received very well. And they definitely won't be looking forward to your next visit, but take the time to cultivate a loving relationship with them. One that builds trust. They are watching your life and your responses, and there's going to be opportunities for you to share truth with them. We need to remember again here what I just said before. We water and plant, but it's God who brings the growth. God does the saving. We just need to be faithful and share. So often we can forget that we were once lost too until the Lord opened our eyes to truth. So when a family member is maybe rude or mocking you or making fun of you, you don't need to respond. And honestly, at times it can be a kindness not to. It's never okay to sin against sin. So if you do feel the need to respond, make sure it's done in a correct and respectful and kind and proper manner, I guess. So some, just some quick tidbits here towards the end here, keep good theologically correct resources on hand to share with your family. Things like Bibles, tracts, books, websites, CDs, DVDs, they're great to have on hand to communicate the gospel. There's a new resource out. It's called Mail the Gospel. I think it's mailthegospel.org. I'll link to it in this post where you can send your loved one a note um, or even an anonymous one too, but you can send a personalized note and a gospel tract and, and a Bible. And it's kind of cool. It comes in a beautiful envelope. It's just beautifully packaged and well done. Um, get comfortable with a clear gospel presentation. The more you share the gospel with others, the more natural it becomes a part of your everyday life. Continue to deepen your understanding of the gospel and on your life and your need by reading good books. The Gospel Primer by Milton Vincent is a good one, or What is the Gospel by Greg Gilbert are two good resources for that. I'll link to those too. Don't compromise. Always take a stand for truth. You can do this lovingly and respectfully. Don't do it sinfully. And pray that the Lord would give you a heart for the lost. The thought of our loved ones spending eternity in hell should be a catalyst for us to open our mouths and be reminded that Jesus does the saving. We need to be faithful to share the good news. The salvation of your family members does not depend on you. Let me say that again. The salvation of your family members does not depend on you. We just need to be faithful to share the good news. Jesus does the saving. We're going to mess up. We're not always going to respond perfectly, right? 
when things like that happen, make whatever you need to do, make it right with them and before the Lord and move on. We need Jesus because we are sinners and they need Jesus because they are sinners. When family members bring up your past, share about the difference Christ has made in your life. Share about the work of sanctification and that we're not perfect as believers and we still fall into sin. Another great opportunity to share the gospel. And obey God rather than men. This is a big one. Fear of man. It's it's a struggle for me, so I, I so get this one. Care more about obeying God than your relationship with the other person. If we're caring more about obeying God, we're going to be responding rightly to the other person. And again, don't feel this need that every time you're with them, you have to share the gospel with them. I mean, maybe you get to do that. That's great, but I'm not always sure that that's a well-received thing, depending on how often you visit them, I guess. That would be the other aspect. I mean, if you're seeing them every week, that could be a little challenging. But continue to try to turn the conversation to the spiritual when you can and do the simple things like share about the Lord's work in your life. And again, asking how you can pray for them. Take advantage of those moments. Witnessing to our family, it is just such an expression of our love for them. And I pray that the Lord would give us more and more love for our family members than for ourselves. I pray we present the gospel clearly, lovingly, and with much patience and trust, and that the Lord would do his will in and through their lives. And I want to end here with Colossians 4, 5, and 6. It says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. My friend, we know this, but Jesus truly is enough always. I am so grateful for your time today. And as always, the show notes will be packed with various resources. This one's a fairly lengthy post that's already there, so you can read through most of it online too. And also, we're nearing Christmas here, so I do want to let you know that I have a lovely giveaway on the blog from 316 Publishing. It's Bella Paper, and it's going on until December 2nd. So if you want to check that out, I'll link to it in the show notes, but also head over to the blog and enter the lovely giveaway. They're giving away a beautiful Legacy Standard Bible and um, some beautiful stationery from planners and calendars and greeting cards. There's just such a unique package put together there. So again, that's over at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com. It's on my homepage, so you can't miss it right now if you're listening to this when it's up, but it's only up until December 2nd. And also I have some good um, Christmas posts and other things on the blog. I have a great 2022 Christmas gift guide, and I have a post out there with um, just various Christmas and Advent devotional books for really the whole family. There's recommendations there, and there's some freebie ones too in that post. So I will link to all that in the show notes. And again, my friend, I am so grateful for you, and I do pray that you have a very blessed week. Mm-hmm.